A wandering ronin passes through a town besieged by the remnants of the Empire. An adopted daughter must hold her family together as the dark side calls to her sister. And seven more tales all told in various different styles by different studios set in the world of Star Wars. Is Star Wars Visions the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. level of Star Wars fan like mm-hmm. whether you're like a big Star Wars fan or a small Star Wars fan everyone it likes something Star Wars and you know there's like tears so like uh where where do you like rank yourself as a Star Wars fan Lauren me I would say I am a casual Star Wars fan except when it comes to the Mandalorian I'm a Mandalorian okay. fan I, I see that yeah, yeah that's very fair I think that's a lot a lot of Star Wars fans these days mm-hmm. are people who Really just fell in love with that little green baby. Little Yodito. <laughs> and they're just kind of <laughs> taking it off from there. Skylar, what about with you? Um, I'm also pretty casual. Um, I, I was very immersed in it for a while due to my job. Mm. But I'm a huge Padme stan and have been since I first saw Queen Amidala. She's a, she's a legend and an icon. And honestly, I am a Raylo simp, so. Yeah, I get it enemies to lovers who doesn't love it i mean unless you hate it but then guess what you're gonna enemies to lovers yourself into loving the trope (laughs) i'm middle level like i think to a lot of people i would look like an intense fan uh but like i've seen the movies i've seen a lot of the animated stuff and obviously a lot of the extended universe stuff Mm. um and i've read like a handful of the books but there's like thousands of the books and there are people who have seen all of it who have read all of it listened to every audio drama like every little piece of data, I could tell you about like every article on Wikipedia that exists. And like, I'm not that, but mm-hmm. like, I could tell you that Lando Calrissian is in four, three different movies. I think, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah. Cause he would be in Empire Strikes Five, Back. Six and Solo. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Star Wars four, like one of your ultimate top five favorite Star movies? Star Wars five. Thank you very much. It's Empire Strikes Back. That's the best Back. one. Yes. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie, hands down. It is. Uh, but no Star Wars moment has made me more emotional than when the opening crawl started in Star Wars Episode Seven. I cried my eyes out in that theater knowing that Star Wars was back, baby. And Star then they kind of ruined it. But back, Star Wars was baby. back, baby. Ooh, it's back, <laughs> and, baby. And we're back with an all new month with a whole new theme as we close out the year. Hello. And welcome back to Quiet Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar, guide their non-weeb friend, Lauren, through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week, we are starting our best of 2021 month. Now, you might have a few questions there. It's 2022. And to that, I say... You're not into the deep lore of the Quiet Disappointment podcast. <laughs> We're always a year behind, baby. Uh, and also, you might think, wow, there's only five anime that you think are the best anime of the month out of the year. No. Absolutely not. Go back and listen to all of our Gold Star anime. Those are anime that easily could have been in Best of 2021 month and might even be better than any anime in Best of 2021 month. Mm. Third, third, you might be thinking, wow, these are your favorite anime of 2021? Never what I said. These were rated the best means we might still not like them. But mm-hmm. all of that said, that's your intro to Best of 2021 month, and we are kicking it off here with Star Wars Visions. Ooh. Ooh. Now, Star Wars Visions, I mean, it, it says a lot right there. Star Wars it does. Visions. It does. You yeah. know what Star Wars is. You know what Visions are. I Lauren, do. tell me, you might have heard a lot about this, you know, given that this was a very big Disney Plus release. It was a whole thing. Or you might have heard very little about it, or you kind of heard it in passing and don't know much. What do you think this anime is going to be about? I very much did not know this existed until you sent me the poster. I was like, what? On Disney Plus? So um, I was very much in that camp. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I based my prediction on the Star Wars part of it, because I do know that. And I do know that in Jedi temples, you can talk to like ghost Jedi and you can go in and you can kind of like see other other parts of the past and that kind of thing. So I'm thinking that's what this is going to be. I'm thinking that there's some issue going on 
and the Jedi of the time are really struggling with how to resolve it. And so they're going to be going into this Jedi temple to talk to people from the past who went through something similar to kind of like look for guidance and figure out what way to go through this conflict in the, you know, most ethical way possible. So you're going to have nonlinear storytelling with things that's happening now currently and things that happened in the past with other Jedi. That's what I think this anime is going to be about. I would love to watch that. Completely. That sounds great. Yeah. Maybe it's exactly what we're about to watch. Once you saw that poster, did your thoughts change? They did because there is text at the bottom that says nine original short stories. So (laughs) (laughs) I am guessing none of these relate to each other. (laughs) And all of these different characters that I'm seeing on this poster are going to be the stars of our different short stories. So I have our nine short stories based on these different characters that I'm seeing around the poster. And I'm thinking this is probably after Order 66 went out because it looks like our two of our Jedi are definitely like ghost Jedi. And then there's like one good Jedi and one Sith. So I'm thinking most of the Jedi are gone at this point. And we'll start with the Sith Lord man. Why not? So I'm saying this is going to be another Sith Lord origin story. The only one we've really seen is like Anakin Skywalker and kind of um, Ben Solo. So I'm thinking we're going to get another Sith Lord origin story with this man here at the bottom with the red lightsaber. I think that's going to be his episode. And then you have like a Jedi above him who's doing like a spin move in the air with a blue lightsaber. And I think that she survived Order 66 and is now like living undercover because she doesn't want to like, you know, be hunted down. But she keeps getting pulled into conflicts and stuff. And she's a good person because she's a Jedi. So she ultimately gets pulled into things to help solve problems that she doesn't want to get pulled into. That's her story. And then you have the man in the Party City Darth Vader costume. And I'm saying he's... (laughs) (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. He's defo dark side. Because I mean, like, look at him. So we see from his perspective, this is all going to be from the dark side's perspective, this entire episode. And you're just going to see what the Empire slash New Order is now like up to and just the uh, very bad things that they're like doing. So I think that's going to be a pretty, pretty intense episode. And then going to his left with this like little droid, I think, person. I'm not sure. I can't tell. Their hands kind of look like claws i'm saying it's a droid who has put together that the humans are like it in the universe and droids are basically just like their slaves and their servants so he is dressing in human clothes and trying to act human but he's a droid so that's going to be your comedic lighthearted episode is the droid trying to pass himself off as a human and then thank you that's the one i'm most excited for and then you have I have two ghost Jedi, it looks like, one on the right and one on the left. And I think that they're in the same episode. I think they are the ones who are in the Jedi Temple I was talking about earlier, and they are seeing what has happened to the world now that they've been killed. So I think this one's going to be also pretty upsetting. But they're like in this Jedi Temple, and they're essentially watching what happens to this planet after they've been exterminated. And um, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be rough. Then you have this girl up in the top left with blonde hair. I think she is like a ruler of some city or she's going to become a ruler of some city. I think this is our political intrigue episode where like the planet's doing just fine. And then the Empire moves in and they're like, no, you need us. We're going to help you with X, Y and Z. And they're like, no, but you're bad. And the Empire's like, no, we're not. We just want, you know, one peace and order. order. We, we just want peace and order like, you know, everybody does. And so ultimately you see the Empire like take over this planet in a very uh, politically intriguing way. So that's what I'm saying for her. And then okay. the top middle of the poster, that's Defo, a Mandalorian helmet. I recognize that. And those are some very sinister eyes in between. Well, on the other side, either side of it. So I'm saying that is your bounty hunter episode where you have like a cat and mouse situation where you have the Mandalorian person character getting chased by the person to whom the eyes belong. And then to the right, we have Squirrel Girl, who is going to be our connection to the MCU. I'm kidding. That's not a crossover episode. Um, that we <laughs> I was know like, of. this is clearly a rabbit, but continue. I called her Squirrel Girl and I'm calling her Squirrel Girl. 
<laughs> until I'm corrected <laughs> by the lore that has been told to me. Anyway, um, she clearly is from kind of like kind of like an Ewok planet or like a Wookiee planet where like, you know, you have these people who are very connected to the nature around them. And I think that we're going to be seeing what happens to her and her planet after the Empire has taken control of it. So they fell for the whole where we want peace and order. We need your planet to do it. And now it's like 10, 20 years later. And just like the consequences, the the consequences of falling to the Empire. So I think her story is going to be sad as well. And then last but not least is this little boy who's like saluting on like in between the Jedi and the Darth Vader costume person. Like I'm obsessed with him. I think he just wants to be the best pilot in the galaxy. And so he starts with like pod racing and then like continues up from there to like bigger and bigger vessels because he just he wants to be the best pilot in the galaxy. Think Boji but in space. I, would, I mean, just, I would love that. I know. Yeah. I know. I would too. Space. Boji in space. So those are our nine short stories for Star Wars Visions. Okay. So you definitely picked up. I mean, it says it on the poster, but you definitely picked up uh, on the fact that it is an anthology series. So yeah. Good job there. Uh, obviously, you. we still only watch two episodes for our podcast. So mm-hmm. I kind of asked around on our Twitter, our Facebook, our socials, what two episodes people thought we should cover. Uh, and we ended up going with two episodes. We ended up going with The Duel, which is episode one, and Lop and Ocho, which are which is episode seven. So mm-hmm. Lauren, that is where we're going to have you watch. Into it. Uh, and audience, if you want to follow along, those are the two episodes we're going to cover today. And with that, yeah, let's go ahead, uh, take a quick break, watch episodes one and seven of Star Wars Visions, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned, everyone. All right, we're back. We learn watch episodes one and seven. The Jewel and Lapin Ocho from Star Wars Visions. Lauren, tell me what did you think? This was very Star Wars, and this was also very anime. I'm going to be honest. When you said Star Wars anime, I went, what? Really? That's interesting. And um, they meshed really well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skylar, this is also your first time watching Star Wars Visions. What did you think? Well, okay. So it's my first time watching these two episodes. I did originally watch the the twins episodes when it came when it first came out. That's true. I, I feel like I made you watch that. Yeah, and I, well, and I enjoyed it because again, I do casually enjoy Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was a little disappointed we didn't get to watch it for well, this. Well, again, whatever. this is what our fans wanted, and as well, these are honestly some of the two most yes uh, popular, most liked episodes. Right. But um, I also, before asking our listeners, was just going to be like, what's the consensus? Literally every, like, the r- episodes of Star Wars Visions ranked had a completely different order. Like, every list had a completely different order. It was wild. Unhelpful. <laughs> Un- wildly unhelpful, yes. So I ended up just going to our listeners, and we ended up going with these two. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed them. I really love how... And it's because they use different studios, too, which is fantastic and wonderful. But I love how stylistically different they are. Like, And I get it, right? Totally. I love all the differences. Mm -hmm. Let's hold that for just a moment as we go through some housekeeping. So Star Wars Visions, obviously, is much bigger than just the two episodes we saw. This is our first anthology series that we are covering here on the podcast. So we're going to kind of play it by ear how we want to cover it. So kind of stick with us. But I'm going to talk about the production of Star Wars Visions as a whole. So Star Wars Vision was a revolutionary idea by Lucasfilm to uh, get uh, seven anime studios together and just have them kind of run free in the Star Wars universe and tell the stories they want to tell, though they were overseen by the production team at Lucasfilms. So the series was produced by Jackie Lopez, James Waugh, Josh Rimes, and Justin Leach, who do oversee most of the productions at Lucasfilm. The studios involved were Studio Colorido, which is known for Penguin Highway and A Whisker Away, Kinema Citrus, which is known for Made in Abyss and Review Starlight, Production IG, which is known for Haikyuu and Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, Science Saru, who is known for Keep Your Hands Off Asakun and Devilman Crybaby, Trigger, which is known for Kill a Kill and Darling in the Franks, and the two studios that we got to see their work, which was Kamikaze Duga, which is known for Pop Team Epic and a lot of the Idolish 7 music videos. Shout out to our patron Jellums, who absolutely loves Idolish 7. And Geno Studio, who is known for Golden, Kamui, and Kokoku. So Kamikaze Duga was the studio that brought us The Duel and... 
Geno Studio was the studio that brought us Lop and Ocho. So the series released on Disney Plus September of 2021. The Duel was directed by Takanobu Mizuno and written by Takashi Okazaki, again done by Kamikaze Duga. And then Lop and Ocho was directed by Yuki Igarashi and written by Sayawaka, done by Geno Studio again. Star Wars Visions had all of its episodes released at once since it is a streaming release. And there have announced plans for a season two that is set to release in early 2023. Ooh. Uh, so this time it will focus more on being animated by international studios. Uh, they haven't said the studios, but there will be one from Japan, one from India, one from the UK, one from Ireland, one from Spain, one from Chile, one from France, one from South Africa, and one from the United States. That's so cool. Uh, there have been uh, a few spinoff things that have come from Star Wars Visions. And again, as we talked about, these episodes being some of the most popular. Almost all of it has to do with the duel. There is a visual novel that was released, Ronin, uh, written by Emma Miyako Kandon, that was a precursor to the duel that follows our Ronin character, and a comic series, Star Wars Visions, uh, done under Marvel Comics, that also just follows the Ronin character. People really fucked with the Ronin character, and I get it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then there, and then Dark Horse released an art an art book that covers all nine episodes of the series. So I think from here, I think we talk about these one at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes they're sense. Because so, they're just so different. There's no point in kind of intermixing them. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with episode one, which is The Duel. So let's do a quick episode breakdown. Set in an alternate history, 20 years after a war between a feudal Jedi Empire and a renegade Jedi sect called the Sith, a lone wanderer known only as the Ronin witnesses a legion of, for- of former stormtroopers attempt to besiege a small village. The Ronin fights the leader of the bandits, a self-declared Dark Lord of the Sith, armed with heavily modified lightsaber, while his droid saves the village. The Ronin, a former actual Sith, lures the bandit leader into a trap and kills her. The Ronin, shown to be collecting red kyber crystals from each Sith he kills, decides to give the leader's crystal to the village, citing that it can ward off evil. So, let's talk about the duel. Let's talk about the duel. Was that R2-D2? Because I recognize those beeps and boops. I think wow, it's an R2. It's, a, it's a feudal R2 unit. Okay, but it's not like R2-D2 It's himself. not R2-D2. Yes, all R2 units make those noises. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, because Luke Skywalker makes R2-D2, right? Well, like, no, no, Anakin makes it. R2-D2, uh, he makes the 3 po R2-D2 uh, is just a, an R2 unit. Where does he come and from? And I mean, all of them are still models, like... They're not like built from scraps. Like this isn't Tony Stark building the suit from scraps in a cave. Like (laughs) 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 these are these are things. Like it's like he bought a model kit type of thing. You know, essentially, yeah. There's our two units. There's our four units. So yeah, no, they have like a basic um, structure to them, which makes sense because they, you know, he sounds the same. He looks kind of the same. So I get it. Um, Yes, but that aside, I think the duel. I get why the duel is the one that has gotten all of the supplementary media. Yeah. Because this is just sick as fuck. This is just like, so cool. Um, the, the few, like, hey, I love, and this has been a thing forever in the Star Wars fandom. People love the feudalistic, uh, you know, like the feudal Japan merge with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, since, as far as I can remember, I've seen, like, fan art of like shogun darth vader and stuff like that so like this was such a a great choice by kamikaze duga Mm -hmm. um but to execute it so well and what i love about star wars vision as a whole is that it because it isn't canon understandably they get to just do the wildest shit and i think nothing in the canon of star wars has been cooler than a sith lightsaber parasol holy Shit, I was going to bring that up because I saw that. I was like, what the hell? That is the coolest thing. And then it collapsed. I'm like, is that a fucking parasol? And then (laughs) even like the other part where she like stabs it through the guy and then opens it on the other side. Fucking amazing. So, so cool. The fight choreography in this episode was absolutely beautiful. Parasol, fucking incredible. Seven Sister could never. Seven Sister could never. Seven Sister's could still never. pretty cool, though. She, oh, but yeah, yeah, all respect yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Seven Sister. Okay, yeah, but like yeah, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, bound yeah, yeah. by Star Wars canon. They're not. <laughs> I know, but like I'm sorry. I just I never want to see a Sith Lord without a parasol again. I'm just gonna say it. You're gonna be Illegal. so disappointed for the rest of your Star Wars career. <laughs> exactly. It peaks. It doesn't peak here, but you know, Sith Lords peak here for me. It's true. 
No, but this was fucking incredible. Stylistically, just so, so interesting and beautiful. wonderful. Yes. Uh, when it first started, I was like, oh, this is some seven sham. This is some seven. Seven sham wow ride. <laughs> <laughs> this is some seven samurai shit. And I'm like, here for it. This looks fantastic. Like, it's very much that like Kurosawa era of like Showa filmmaking. And 100%. It, you know, yeah. And it's. It's fucking amazing. I love that it's black and white. Again, like I understand. Well, again, it's it's fitting yeah. into that Showa era of like of exactly. filmmaking, which is that like you know like 1926 to 1945, like that black and white mm-hmm. era, like mm-hmm. that again that very stylistically reminiscent of something like Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Um, just masterfully done, and even like yeah. there's like film grain that's edited on top of the visuals. And drawn, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just the features on them. It has like all those deep shadows, like animated, and it's yeah. fantastic. I, love I did it. love the <laughs> the Steven Spielberg Schindler's List choice to have just the lightsabers be in color. Oh, that oh, was fucking yes. amazing. Ugh. It's so good, and again, they capture just bad like the badassness of this stuff so well like you know honestly something that i will fault star wars like main for is like sometimes i think they're afraid to be badass yes sometimes like i'll watch star wars and i'm like i come on you could do cooler stuff with these force powers than this like come on and they just are so like and they just play the rodin especially is so fucking cool like there's like i just like when he's like I want this robot fixed by the time this water boils. And then he just and, leaves. <laughs> and then, or even just like, as like the fucking Japanese Imperial officer, like very samurai garbed stormtroopers are like running into the village. He's just with his hands inside of his sleeves, walking forward just like very walking. casually. Yes. Uh, just ignoring them straight to our villainess. Uh, uh, so no good. relation to my next life as a villainess. <laughs> As far no as we know. To, well, that's true. This could be the origin story. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so badass. And then again, the fights. Like, I love that the village was like very well prepared just not to take on a Sith. Yeah. yeah no, they definitely At had least some a sort of militia. Sith. Yeah, that's true. But they definitely had a militia. They were like ready. This clearly wasn't the first time someone tried to come in, but it was the first time someone this badass came in. All right. Um. I, They're just overwhelmed. I like that she can use the parasol, like like spin it to like deflect bullets. I was sick. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then also, but I also like that the parasol is like an attachment. <laughs> like it's not yeah. just a parasol lightsaber. It's like a lightsaber that she like puts into her like you know 3ds add-on that, that, like, <laughs> that like that splits the, like at the tip splits the beam and it's that's yes. so cool. That was so cool because then she was able to use a, a lightsaber for that really sick water fight that they yeah. had on the river. Yes, 100%. Um, and I think, like, one of the hypest Star Wars period moments I've ever had was when she was like, it's been a long time since I killed a Jedi. And then he pulls out the red blade, and you're like, oh, He's like, oh shit, I shit. no Jedi. Oh, my God. That it reminds so me cool. of, like, the Lord, of, the Lord of the Rings moment where like he's like, I am no, no man. I am no man, yeah. That was oh, the, it. God. Fucking popped off. Oh, popped so off. cool. And and she freaks out because like as we've established, she's like like a self declared Sith Lord. Like he was a Sith Lord, and yeah, like right. I think she can tell that power difference. Well, I mean, you can see the power difference too, right? She's very like Bellatrix Lestrange, where she's yes. just like chaos incarnate, and he is nothing but right. calm the entire time. Yes. And obviously you very much get through the story. And again, what I love is there's so little that needs to be. It's very show, don't tell. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very clear that the Ronin was a a Sith that has abandoned the Sith lifestyle and now hunts Sith. Yes. And that's such a badass story. Like, I do want to know more about that story. I do want to know more about him. How did he become a Sith? How did he leave the order? And how is he, like, going around just hunting Sith? Like, when he pulls out his, when he cracks the cyber open, and pulls out the kyber crystal and opens up his fucking jacket like a Pokemon master to look at all his oh. badges. <laughs> like, and it's just full of red kyber crystals. Full One of the most badass them. things. That was oh, so fucking cool. Did this come before Hawkeye was Ronin? 
Well, I mean, Hawkeye is, well, Ronin, do you know, Ronin is like, a, just, it's a Japanese word. Oh, that makes way more sense. I was like, wait, <laughs> it's the same name. They're doing the same thing. You just yeah, made a, a light Ronin bulb go off in a, my head. It's a samurai with no master. Okay. Um, thank you for connecting those dots for me, because I was a little confused. But no, it's fine. If you don't know, you don't know, right? Like, I, Especially when true. it comes to Japanese words. And we like to co-op Japanese words a lot to be like, look, this guy's that thing. And that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) This is gorgeous and wonderful, and I love it. And um, it was really fun. Like what you had said earlier, just the merging of anime with Star Wars just makes so much sense in Mm -hmm. general, right? Like, it's got... You go anywhere with it. And it's just... It's great. It was a good time. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, like how... I love that the you and I already said this. I love the different studios, but then um, because everything looks so different from each other, and that's just so fun and great. And it literally gives you that like really cool perspective of how like just different styles exist in the anime community. And there's like different planets in Star Wars, right? So like the fact that these studios do get to pick just a random planet. And then that planet now, I mean, it's not canonical, right? But like that planet now for me will always look like that. Right. And it's just, and, yeah, it's beautiful. And just in general, Star Wars has has had such a cultural impact worldwide. Like you even have, uh, we talked about it in our My Hero Academia episode where um, the mangaka for that is like, obsessed with star wars and you could find a lot of references to star wars in the anime and manga Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean it it goes so well i mean it is right it's like the japanese swordplay and like japanese samurai and jedi so it all just fits so well together and so yeah seeing this come together in one medium just it's almost like this is not how Star Wars was supposed to be shown, but it's like, this is how I kind of want to see Star Wars shown to me now. <laughs> and it's something like- that I really love about Visions, but just in general, as we get things like The Mandalorian or even Clone Wars, Bad Batch, I love Star Wars being a, a universe. And yes. I think ultimately that's why I'm so glad we're like done with the Skywalker saga is because this world is so much bigger than them. You know, this universe, this galaxy is so much bigger than them. And I love seeing it expand because so much more should be happening in this world. It's Mm -hmm. like what Harry Potter is failing to do right now, because Harry Potter also should be like this, where we're just getting these huge stories about so much of the world. And then Harry Potter failed there, A, because J.K. Rowling is J.K. Rowling, Uh, but B, because they were like, ooh, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Did you mean Harry Potter the prequel? Like, did you just want to know more about Dumbledore and Grindelwald? Like, and it's I, like, no, I wanted more. Of, I wanted to know more about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, right. I just wanted to know about Newt Scamander, this random man who wrote this random book that they read in school. I don't care about his connection to Dumbledore, and I love. Yeah, exactly. That. I like that at no yeah. point where they like we need to report back to Lord Vader or something. You know, like no, no, it's and just own, yeah. it's just his own shit. Yeah, you didn't hear anything about the emperor. You didn't hear anything about like the empire or the new order. You have, you know, this could take and, place like, it's anywhere in the there, timeline, right? Because like the you see the thing with something, yeah, because they're everywhere. The point of Star Wars is, is this thing is globe spanning, like not globe spanning. It's galaxy spanning. Like the force mm-hmm. of the empire, of the senate, of everything is galaxy spanning. So it should still be there. Those keystones, you should still see stormtroopers. You should still see everything and Jedi and the force. But like it, it because that's Star Wars. But it doesn't have to be these characters, and it does, it does that so yeah. well. Yes, completely agree. I do love and that. droids. Can we talk about the droid in this? So cute. I love a that he's got droid. a little like straw hat. Oh, like. God, and, and he just... that he like saves the village. Yes, <laughs> he's so badass. One hundred percent. And I, I love. That he's just like screaming, and he's like flying through the village, just killing literally all of these bad guys. <laughs> it was so intense. And then you see that reveal where the the lady Sith is like just shocked that this happened, and he shows her that he has like that homing beacon on his wrist. Ugh. That was beautiful too. Uh, I love that the fight also kind of ends a little anticlimactically with the the waterfall death. Yeah, because like it's like this big buildup, and you're expecting like this big final like clash, clash, Cut clash down. end. But like obviously, like 
you know, he like just sets it up. I, this this scene is shot so beautifully where mm-hmm. he puts his lightsaber in the statue and she uses the force to, and it, he's it's on the other side of the waterfall and she uses the force to use a log to separate the waterfall just enough to be able to look in. Mm-hmm. And that, that was so fucking cool. And yes, then 100%. she like slices and sees it's a statue and then before she can even react, Life they burn her back straight yeah. say, I mean, for like Samurai and like Ronin, it's not all about the like flashy, intense battles. That's why I think it's so well done. Like, yeah. I think a lesser storyteller would have made it like a, like a, like a night duel versus a samurai mm. duel, you know? Right. Agreed. Yeah. And I, it's just so well done. Ugh, I love it yeah. so much. It was beautiful. It was a really great introduction to. Mm-hmm what this could be and what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I can see why they put it first in the anthology. Completely, right. completely agree. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. We're rapidly approaching 2023, which means we're rapidly approaching the beginning of listener-requested episodes. Don't forget, if there's an anime you'd like us to cover, recommend us an anime by using our recommendation form. You can find it on kawaiidasupad.com as one of the links across the top, or by going to our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash and clicking on the Recommend an Episode button. Anime are going to be considered by most recommended down, so even if you're sure your favorite series has already been recommended, recommending it again only ensures you'll get to hear it all the sooner. Hey, you like anime? What about manga? Anime figures? General anime merch? Well, if you like any of those things, then Right Stuff has you covered. With a huge selection, Right Stuff is your number one shop for anime, manga, figures, and more. If you want to visit Right Stuff, use the affiliate link in our show notes or go to kawaiidasupad.com and click the Right Stuff affiliate link across the top or the Right Stuff banner along the bottom. And part of your sale gets kicked back to us to help support the show. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast or are just craving more Kawhi Disappointment, then check out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. November is set to have a lot of amazing bonus content with a reduced redo of Maid-sama, a brand new entry into our Ranking of Things series where we give our definitive rankings of the best anime OP and more. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawhi Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesu pod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patron, our $8 tier, the truly incomparable Alex J. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Kilua, Magic Girl Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums, and our kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L, Albany G, and our newest patrons, Aubrey Z, and Nymphomercial. You're all pretty kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod. You can also find us on Tumblr now, because Twitter might not be a thing for too much longer. Or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials, as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next week as we continue through Best of 2021 month with The Heike Story. Now... Back to the podcast. All right, so let's talk about our other episode that we're covering. So our other episode that we're covering is episode seven of Star Wars Visions. It is Lop and Ocho. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the reign of the Empire, a rabbit-like alien slave named Lop escapes her captors on the planet Tao and is discovered by the planet's clan leader, Yasabudo, and his daughter, Ocho, the latter of whom convinces the former to adopt Lop as his daughter. Seven years later, the Empire has occupied their planet and is exploiting it for its natural resources. Yasubudo wants to drive the Empire off their planet, while Ocho wants to cooperate with the Empire. After failing to convince Yasubudo to join her, Ocho enlists in the Imperial Navy despite Lao's protests. With Ocho gone, Yasubudo passes down the family treasure, an ancient lightsaber given to their ancestors and passed down the generations, to the Force-sensitive Lop, and departs to confront Ocho. Ocho blinds Yasubudo in a fight. But Lop arrives and injures Ocho, who is forced to flee. Lop then vows to return Ocho home. I really liked this one. This one, um, other than misnaming her in my guess, um, I was actually kind of right with my prediction that she's on a planet that essentially the Empire has kind well, of kind of because you guessed that more for for her. No, it was for a different one, right? You said it for the blonde girl. The blonde girl was the political intrigue. Yeah. And then this one was the what happens when the empire takes over. Right. So I think it's yeah, like a little true. bit of a... So they're switched. Yeah, it's yeah, a little bit of a hybrid true. in a way, though. I think you're right. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I was closer with this one than I was with poor Ronan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're also not wrong. He was the Sith Lord. So, but it's just Sith not the Lord. start of it. It's like the Correct. aftermath. Yeah, absolutely. But what I, I do love that this is more of a, a story, right? Ronan mm-hmm. is a moment. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a sequence. And this is like a story. Yeah, you have the, the planet is much more established as a whole in this one than the first episode. Um, so you really get a feel for more of the people who are here and like what they have to offer and why the Empire is so interested in them. And you have the whole backstory of this family that was brought together and what the Empire is doing, not only to the planet, but now to the people. Right. I love a good found family type thing. Yeah. And I love that, you know, this family brought her in and like adopted her. And then she's like part of the family, not like, you know, you're lesser, you know, blah, blah, blah. You don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we even like, you know, kind of see that right in the episode. It's done so well in that like dynamic because ultimately, like even early on, like, because uh, obviously you have that starting point of like the trauma of like the slave thing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very brief. It's very quick. But like it's it's very impactful that, you know, the chief just adopts her mm-hmm. and, you know, and Ocho like adopts her as a sister, essentially. And they are very close, even at the beginning when they're when they're writing after the fight between Yasubudo and Ocho, when they're right. writing, they are very close. So that's why it's so much more jarring when Ocho's like, she's not even part of our family oh. uh, when they're fighting later on. And then even Yasubudo's like, if you actually think that, then I did a bad job raising you. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Yasubudo, Ugh. best dad, by the way. Honestly. Like, <laughs> he's very, like, even his daughter just fucking took out his one good eye and he's like, I still love you. You're still my little girl. I still want you to come home and like so be a part of the family. Sweet. I love Ugh. it. So sweet. Can we talk about Ocho's glow up though when she when she <laughs> joins the bites her thumb draws blood and then puts it on as like the best eyeliner, eyeliner. oh She's my like, god check out the makeup tutorial like yeah, she like fucking <laughs> lops off her hair not lops eh, lops uh, <laughs> lops off her braid and they hold on to that as like a significant part it's like her past you know yeah um and then she like her hair is and, and obviously uh, can I just say when you, if you just snip 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 your braid off it does your hair doesn't have a perfect bob afterwards okay right hers does <laughs> hers this is does. what the empire does this for is you the power of the empire and can i say clearly she's in the stylish sector of the empire because like homeboy that's recruiting her also like a style icon like oh my fucking God. makeup also Hello? drop your makeup tutorial please <laughs> He looks like a fucking uh, like Zoolander villain or some shit. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my god! And I I've, I've always fucked so hard with the Empire's costumes because I they're just so brilliantly designed. And seeing her and again, that's because and- that's because I know they're, they're based off the Nazis, which yeah. were based off of a, a fashion designer actually. Designed it's not based. Them, so. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Hugo Boss. Yes, and so when she comes back and you see her in the Empire outfit, I was like damn girl you look real good with this blood eyeliner and this bob and then the fucking like stark clean white you know navy suit it's so cool it's so but again you have this very beautiful story ultimately a family right it's really about lop honestly being the only thing keeping this family together right now the bridge and and it's also it's very complicated because ocho is doing what she thinks is right and yasaburo is doing what he thinks is right ultimately us as the audience we know that ocho's wrong yes because we know that the empire doesn't have good intention we we know they don't but at the end of it like you know she i think she knows that if she goes the way of her father her whole village and everything no, is exactly. will be destroyed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's very complicated is because like, while we know that he's right, like, cause she ultimately, I don't think she's put those pieces together yet. I think she is like, no, like this is the right move for us. He's the like, but, it'll, but he's like, but then our entire culture has gone basically. Um, but, they're yeah, both yeah, yeah. right. But ultimately mm-hmm. she is right. Like they're not going to be able to stand up to the empire. Just end of story. That's, there's that's no a way. big motif in Star Wars. You can't, beat the empire unless your last name is skywalker 
Um, oh and God, even if you change so it to Skywalker later. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it is this very interesting story. But you have, again, outside of that political intrigue of that, the more human story, or as human as you can get, of Lop just does love this family. They took her in from mm-hmm. nothing and gave her this position of power and respect in the society. And even outside of that, she just loves them. Because they loved mm-hmm. her and she wants them to be a family. And that's ultimately what all of them want. But Ocho uh, ultimately turns to the dark side. And that's Anakin. That's Anakin. Anakin wa- uh, turned to the dark side out of a fear of losing his family. And that's ultimately what's happening to Lop. I mean, to Ocho. To Ocho. Ocho is also turning to the dark side out of fear of losing your family. And that's what makes the dark side in Star Wars, when you really, really dig into the story, so interesting, is that most people turn to the dark side out of human, really real human emotion. It's fear, it's anger, it's hate, it's this tangible sense of loss pushes Mm -hmm. people to the dark side. The Mm -hmm. Jedi Order almost always is is very cold, it's very neutral, it's, it's... it's, you know, it's a lawful good paladin. Um, and that's <laughs> why it's so hard to look. It's so important that when we talk about in storytelling, a dark side, a Sith character, they can't just be evil for evil's sake. They have to have a motivating factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be a real human emotional factor, you know. And that's also why it's very important that you have characters like the Ronin or like Ahsoka Tano who look at both sides and say, no, neither. They're both wrong. Like, I can't mm-hmm. let my emotions rule me, but I also can't ignore them. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was like, I could never be a Jedi. I am so fucking emotional. The way I would probably accidentally jump back and forth between being a Sith and a Jedi is like fucking a minute to minute. <laughs> I I could be a Jedi. I Yeah, the thing that I hate about uh, Jedis... Oh. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. You know what I hate no, about like- Jedi's? Jedi's <laughs> drive down the road like this, and Sith drive down the road like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, uh, you know, because we're supposed to root for the Jedi and everything. Um, I don't know, because I, okay. So in my experience, I was like, Luke Skywalker, fuck yes. Being a Jedi, fuck yes. All great. And then I watched the prequels. I was like, they kind of suck. <laughs> Like, yeah. they're kind of the worst. Like, I I completely understand their purpose, though, and, like, the good that they do. I just, it's very, like, looking at a monk for me. You know what I mean? Or, like, a oh, nun. Yeah. I was just like, I, I get it. But, like, I mean, that is exactly what it is. Me. They are a religious cult that has um a lot of power, and it runs the government. It's fucked up shit. Oh, yeah. See, very I was right. So. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that, that aside... We're b- bouncing off Flapadocho. What I really <laughs> love is the canonical storytelling that we also get here, right? These, this isn't a society where we even know about Jedi, really. They know about Jedi as one person. There was a, a knight that came to this planet hundreds of years ago that was known as a Jedi. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. And he knew he was dying, and he trained the village elder in the lightsaber and get, left it to him. And that's been passed down generation to generation. And that's just a story. You know, it's this heirloom. It's this important symbol of power. They even call it just like the ceremonial sword. Yeah, it's they almost like it's, it's very similar to the story of the Darksaber, right? Though, yes. Because the Darksaber is the story of the first ever Mandalorian who was born Force sensitive. And, you know, this became the symbol of power that was passed down from generation to generation to the leaders of Mandalore. That's very mm-hmm. much this story, very similar to this story. It just so happens that now Lop is the is the person being passed down like yasubudo is like you are my daughter i'm sorry if i ever made you feel less than that but this is this this is more important than that this is a bond that the bond that we are building with me handing this to you is more important than any bond we could ever have and you are my daughter and this is proof of that and it's very obviously story and canonically important that she is force sensitive yes right yeah and i did love that the the adopted daughter is the one who gets to carry on the family tradition. That was beautiful. Yes. Because, you know, Ocho turns her back on it. She turns her back on her family. Oh, for sure. To to try to save her society, which is, again, not a bad motivation, but she is turning her back on what it means her to be father. a part of this culture, a part of this family. And, yeah. you know, 
that's where we are. And I know we already mentioned it before. Um, but yeah, you see like those influence of the dark side because it like escalates so fast from her being like, oh, my father doesn't understand this. And then to like fully just like be there on that side. Like <sighs> you yes. see that when she's like, you gave it to her. Like she's not even a real part of this family. Oh. And you know, if this was like literally the day before, she would never have thought of like saying something like that. Exactly. She's fully turned. She's fully turned. Yeah. yeah. And I just need to say, Lop looks so fucking soft. Lop is like, so <laughs> soft. I want yeah. to tussle Lop's fur. I, you guys are going to do like a Kagome with Inuyasha when she f- like feels his ears <laughs> for the first yeah. time. <laughs> she looks so fluffy and like she looks like she'd be the softest thing you ever touched. And it would be very difficult to not get a restraining order against me because I would want to be hugging her like 24-7. Also, can we say, I forget the name of the droid, but the droid is also very adorable. So cute. And that's why and then- it's so th- Fucked up when Ocho kills it. Yes. Yeah. I was like, not the droid. And this droid, which has been watching like every two minutes, it's like a soldier at war being like, look at this picture of my gal. Like, it's always looking at a picture of like their first family photo. Yeah. And like its dying moment being it projecting that family photo again. Fucking heartbreaking. Literally, when we were watching it, I was just like, no! Not the droid! I was devastated. Same. Oh my god. So heartbreaking. But yeah, I love the dad so much. So Yasubudo is maybe one of my favorite parts of this. uh, Because he's always so understanding of everything even after the f- argument with ocho he's just like i get where she's coming from but like i need you to understand where i'm coming from and like ultimately i just want us to be on the same page i want my daughters here i want us to be a home family again. i mm-hmm. want you both here and home again and even like when he's fighting her he's like i just want like i you're my daughter i don't want to be fighting you like this and she's like step 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 um <laughs> and he's even like i've known that I, she's like you don't know me or whatever it's like you don't understand and he's like I've understood you since the moment I first looked into your eyes and that was such a good line Ugh. and then like you have the moment where she cut like cuts out his other good his only other good eye because he already has like very like samurai like sliced down the other side of his face like doesn't have an eye there and then like she cuts out his other good eye and he's like it, he's like it's no good I'll never be able to look at my daughter's faces again and the fact that that's Ugh. all he's thinking about at that moment is so good <laughs> I know. It was so sad. It's so beautiful. It's just great storytelling. It was wonderful. And obviously, you get the climax of the fight between Lop and uh, between Lop and Ocho, where she force pulls um, her father's blade to her, and with the ceremonial lightsaber and with her father's blade, draws that big X over Ocho's chest. Oh, Um, that was so cool. And A, you're like, holy shit, she's force sensitive. And B. What a great moment in the fight. But then, like, it ends with a cliffhanger, which I hate. <laughs> She's just st- standing on this Imperial ship as it's lifting off, just staring at Ocho. And we know that there's still more. This ain't over. This ain't over. There's still this more that's going to happen here. Uh, sister versus uh, sister, eventually, again. It'd be really cool if we got, like, a manga, like, adaptation of I the story. more of all of this. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so upsetting. Come on, Star Wars Visions Season 2. Ugh. Oh, All my right. God. But, but yeah, that's Lava Nocho. That's the Ugh. duel. Just Ugh. both very good. I mean, Skylar already talked a lot about kind of the series as a whole and its impact uh, when we were talking about Ronin. But mm-hmm. to kind of like bring that back in, like it's just, again, I love them expanding this world. I love them. Even non-canon, I love a good non-canonical story. Give me some cool shit that plays with the tools of the world, plays in the sandbox with all the toys, but like that we don't have to worry about in the future. Or even if we Mm -hmm. do, I would love if some of this stuff was canonical, right? In just a different time period, a different past, a different world. And a lot of it is set in specific time periods. Um, And it's it's so fucking cool. I really like this. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't, Obviously, there's not much to talk about with the, like, OP or ED, because it's, you know, the the OPs are just the Star Wars, like, just the intro. Just the visions. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the EDs uh, are just outro music. But I did want to talk about the music mm-hmm. a little bit for each of these episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, the music for the duel was done by Kenji Inai, 
And I think he did a masterful job of capturing Wonderful. that again, that same that Showa Kurosawa, like that old samurai film audio and aesthetic while keeping oh, yeah. it true to Star Definitely. Wars. Like you would get that Star Wars music, but it'd be like Shamisen music or something, you mm-hmm. know, and it's so well done. Right. Agreed. Yeah, it was a perfect merging of the two. Just like uh, Star Wars and anime was a great merging. The music yeah. really paid homage to both worlds and enhanced it. Yeah. Right. And maybe a little less impactful, but still well done. Uh, Yoshiaki Dewa with the music for Lop and Ocho did a very good job of capturing the music, the vibe. Where I think Yoshiaki really stood out was in the moment when the story of the legend of the lightsaber is being told you get this very beautiful music uh, Mm -hmm. that very captures the history of this world and Star Wars. Again, still somewhat mixing that like old school, very traditional Japanese music with Star Wars, but done in a very like swelling way. So well done. And like the visuals during that, like with it's so dark and you just see the green glow. Like, oh my God, the music with that is just so frisian inducing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use the word. Is it frisian yeah, or frisian? Not to make this a, I was gonna say, a side note. Or is it I actually have fizzin'? no idea. Do you know, Lauren? I do not. I thought the way Sky. I think I would have gone the way Skylar said it. I have no idea. Frisian, frisian, whatever. I agree. Yeah, it really stays with you. Completely agree. It's frisian. Uh, oh, oh. Well, there you go. Like the a, internet does like it a, again. Like a county frisian? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> a frisian. You gonna lock me up in my prison cell? Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, obviously that's kind of the main crux of music. We don't really get to have a music segment this time around. Uh, I mean, I I don't. Okay, what? No, go like, for it. Not to be like teacher's pet, but um, the two outros were different, like instrumental pieces. I I had picked um <laughs> composers. Like oh. a loser. Wow. Wow. Lauren wow. going above I'm and beyond Lauren. here. I like doing extra work. Wait, didn't we have a quiz today? <laughs> <laughs> and Skylar and I are like, no, we didn't. Shut the fuck Shut up. Shut up. Shut uh, up. <laughs> so obviously Skylar and I did not prepare anything for this. Yes. Sure. But I want to know who you chose. So for our listeners, I couldn't tell you where I'd even begin to find the outro music for these <laughs> to edit them into this episode. So That's if I true. did it. That's because I'm Great. a badass. Um, if wow. I didn't, it's because I'm just a guy, you know? Just a little old me. Just a guy. I'm just, I'm a, just a BJ. So, but I am curious, Lauren, what you picked mm-hmm. for each. So what did you pick for the outro for the duel? the duel in the end i definitely heard some minor drums as it was playing as the credits were scrolling and so i definitely just went with the one who's done it best in my opinion i went with uh, ludwig Göransson, who's done the music for black panther um and he did the music for mandalorian so i thought it would be like perfect i'm going with john williams (laughs) i did warrior falls from black panther I totally mm-hmm. see what you were going with here, right? Thank it's you. It's a very yeah. traditional drum sound. Uh, I think I think it's a very good approximation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, great job. Again, I didn't do anything, so winner. <laughs> Lauren wins. Winner, winner by default. <laughs> so, Lauren, what'd you pick for the Labanocho outro?
for the Lapanocho outro, I went with someone who I think sounds like John Williams, but isn't John Williams. And I went with... <laughs> Can I try to guess? Yes. Is it John, uh, James Horner? It is not, but I think that that would also be a really great choice. I ended up going with Randy Edelman, who did the oh! Dragonheart soundtrack. So it's the Dragonheart theme finale. To the star, yeah. To the stars, yes. <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's one of the most iconic, like... It's iconic. Like, that's very iconic, and... PJ's had to listen to this in our home I think that's a very... I think, I mean, yeah. I mean, even outside of the fact that you had no competition, I think you killed it on this one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, phenomenal job on both. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Who knew? It was, uh, it's music and movie soundtracks. That's my I kind of figured, because I figured, like, you seem like a soundtrack kind of gal. I oh, am a soundtrack. Oh, you would love now. my playlist, Lauren. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, send it to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. I love a good soundtrack while I'm like, like writing or um, mm-hmm. doing homework back when I was in school and wouldn't do homework. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, great choices. Honestly, I didn't think we were gonna have a real, real uh, music round here, or <laughs> especially a monarch contemporary artist. But you did it, Lauren. Soloed it, bodied it, all by herself. <laughs> um so with that i mean that's our music segment um so wow. we're gonna i don't really i don't really think you can do context for star wars visions no i don't but think so. i'm gonna just kind of give you like a smattering of the other episodes uh oh, just okay. to, just to continue to show kind of some of the stylistic differences so that's uh, a little bit of the context you're gonna get so we're gonna do that take a quick break and we'll be right back so stay tuned everyone All right, we're back. We're going to learn and watch some additional clips from each episode of the rest of the series of Star Wars Visions, at least episode, uh, at least season one, so that you can get a vibe of kind of some of the other flavors that we get in the Star Wars Vision mix here. So uh, after seeing everything, maybe the kind of varieties, maybe a little too much. You want something a little more cohesive, or maybe uh, variety is the spice of life, even in Star Wars. So Lauren, I'm going to ask you the question, would you keep watching Star Wars Visions? And Caveat question, whether you would or wouldn't, which of these other episodes that you got to see just a tasty taste of, would you want to watch the most next? Even though I am a casual Star Wars fan, I do really like when it goes off the Skywalker path, like you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Um, So this was actually like right up my alley. And the storytelling with each episode was just so unique that I do want to continue watching Star Wars Visions. It was just unlike anything I'd seen before, but still felt familiar with the Star Wars twist added to it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was very intrigued by that episode with the little droid Jedi. The toy. The toy, yeah. Yes, I knew Toby was going to be the one. (laughs) T0B1. I knew that was going to be the one that was going (laughs) to capture your heart. He's just so cute. He's he's so cute. He's like so innocent and determined, and I knew you would, even in the poster, Get Boji vibes. Uh, yeah, I got Boji. I was going to say. And so I knew that was going to be your one. Skylar, uh, you also haven't seen all of Star Wars Visions. Was any of these episodes, besides the other one you've seen, uh, the twins, one that called out to you and you were like, that's one I want to watch? I think the title's like something, something, The Bride. Oh, uh, The Village Bride. Oh. I, yes, I want to see The Village Bride. I will be going and watching that. It looks sexy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you absolutely love to see it. Why success in the book for our first anthology series and kicking off best of 2021 month so um yeah you absolutely love to see it now i do have a question which is uh maybe even a little bit more complicated this time around because maybe it's a hard yes for a lot of reasons or maybe it's a hard no for some of those same reasons uh so would you recommend star wars visions to someone looking to start their anime journey i probably would because it introduces you to a lot of different anime art styles and shows you that it's not cookie cutter. It also has that familiarity of it being connected to something that especially um, American and Western culture is very familiar with, which is Star Wars. So I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a really good introduction anime. Yeah, I think you would just have to caveat that like, this is an anthology. Yes. And that most series are not. Are there? They're <laughs> and continuous. I think as soon yeah. as you get that out of the way, 
I agree. I think because there's so much familiar, even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, you know Star Wars, you know the tropes, you know the, the, yeah. the lines. And I think it's a good gateway because it's something familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. Star Absolutely. Wars has that staying power, you know, since <laughs> the 70s. It's stayed around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think this would be a great first anime, especially if it's a person who is very because you always have those like people are just like i like can't you know wrap my head around it just not being a cartoon and it just like i think it'll take me out of it i think this is a great bridge for them especially Mm -hmm. if it's something that they love like let's say they're a huge star wars fan yeah because a lot of time those people who don't like watching cartoons so they don't watch anime specifically star wars fan did watch uh clone wars yeah exactly that's true and rebels so you know it's a it's definitely a good gateway especially for a star wars fan Mm -hmm. uh and i i would even caveat i think if you were to recommend one episode of star wars i'd go with lapinocho over the duel as much as i think the duel is way fucking cooler and is my favorite episode of the two we saw i think lapinocho is a really good gateway anime like for star wars fans yes definitely yeah there's definitely more of a story that you can catch on to you don't need to have previous star wars knowledge to understand what's going on yeah right all right so with that said we have a kawaii success in the book a do recommend our kawaii desu thumbs up here um there's only one question left to ask and the question is, is there an MV for that? AMV, anime music videos. Is there an MV for that? All right, Lauren, you know the rules. Give me your song and artist for Star Wars Visions. I will. Uh, maybe this is a trend if you listened to the last episode of last month. We had a super secret, super duper, ultra secret fifth point. I'll have a fifth point here. Obviously... Uh, Star Wars Visions has a lot of different episodes with their own styles. There could be one for an, a, an episode we didn't cover. That'll still get you the point, but you'll get an even bonus for point if you end up picking an AMV that ends up covering one of the two episodes that we did. Oh, oh, Ooh. I like that because my choice was more for La Pinocho just because there was, like we've said, there's more of a, a, a storyline there. And um, this might a little bit have been cheating because I... <laughs> I know the uh, artist is used often, but it's a song I haven't picked before. And uh, I ended up going with Warriors by Imagine Dragons. So, Lauren, there is, there are at least two. I mean, there's actually some general just Star Wars, like the like other things like Clone Wars, other stuff. So great choice in general. Um, there are a few AMVs for Star Wars Visions Warriors. Most all of them are related to um the twins but even though you said you were originally just wanted to do this for la Pinocho, there is one that covers the duel which is oh, yeah. one of the anime that we covered so that is four points right off the bat here <laughs> for you lauren oh my God, no, so I'm you like got sweaty. our super secret super duper ultra secret fourth point perhaps you can get this to our <laughs> first ever five pointer oh no bum, bum, bum. lauren do you think that Star Wars Visions possibly might have an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? There's so many different anime. So many of them have dark moments. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean, it's still, you know, it's an, it's an anime. So maybe it's just guaranteed to exist. Maybe because of some of those dark moments, it's guaranteed to exist. Or maybe it's not at all guaranteed to exist because it's just not the right energy, not the right vibe. That's really up to you to decide. What do you think? I think, honestly, different from last week. I think the vibe would absolutely fit some of these episodes. I think it's too new, an anime, for it to have Bring Me to Life. Bring Me to Life has such a specific timestamp in the AMV community, and it's um, really specific ones that get made now. So I'm going to say no. I mean, I will caveat, we have done a few Gold Star anime, which are all from the same year as this, that have had Evanescence Bring Me to Life. Oh, well, there goes my theory. Um, but you see, were right about this wham. one. Oh! Because there are no AMVs for Star Wars Visions to have an SMU. Oh. Quite a few for Star Wars in general. There's a few like Ahsoka Tano and Visions and all this, and uh, and uh, Clone Wars and stuff, but none oh, for sure. Star Wars Visions. So, Lauren. Oh, wow. That is five <laughs> points in the book. I'm Lauren! never going to. I am never going to have this many again. 
I mean, I don't know. We've been coming up with a few super duper ultra secret points <laughs> randomly lately, but they won't always come around. That's why they're super duper ultra secret, unlike right. our super secret, which is always there. Always uh, there. But five points in the book, a kawaii wow. success in the book, and a recommend for the quietest point in podcast, and just a fun time through some of the very vast worlds Star Wars can be. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for going on this journey with us. Thank you for expanding my Star Wars knowledge. This was fun. Yeah, I'm glad you had fun with it. Skylar, I know you had already seen some of it. I'm glad you enjoyed getting a little bit more of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But overall, I'm glad you guys had a good time. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a fun time, a good time. A anthology somehow doesn't mean the study of anthems time. <laughs> Which fun fact? Do you want to know what what anthology with the the etymology, like the word history of it, of anthology? Because I figured it out. Yeah, tell me. It's uh, so it's from the word. It's like from like Latin for flowers and like gather. So it's like supposed to be a flower collection because it's not. But it's not a an anthology. It's not a flower collection. It is a collection of flowers from literature, which are short poems that are very beautiful. Oh, so we're all using so it different wrong. ones. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, it's grown to just be a collection of things. But that's its sure. original meaning when Scientology yeah. first became a word. But it does not mean the study of anthems. Continue. <laughs> a uh, lightsaber parasoling time. Easy but good. All right. <laughs> and a join the empire so that you too can have a glow up time. Hey, that's, hey, that's, that's, that's the secret right there. That's it. And until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Lauren. And just keep making cool Star Wars stuff, Lucasfilm. Just yeah. do this, but different, but always something different. I'm excited for different countries. I'm excited for more Star Wars. Excited for less Skywalker. But until we get all of that, bye everyone. Goodbye. Bye.